0: Hey guys, I before the episode starts, I actually just want to um, let you know that we so greatly appreciate you, this being our uh, regular season finale for season three, we so much appreciate you. Another thing that I want to let you know, though, is that we have been having some technical issues and a little bit of a timing is- issue that is, I, I think, all part of the growing pains of all of the good stuff that you're going to be seeing come our story episode and um, season four. So this episode is pretty cut and dry. There's not a lot of conversation, um, but it's factual and it's and it's a cryptid, a haunt, and a strange encounter, like you're always here for. Um, but the, the fun banter that you guys have gotten very used to uh, will not be present in this episode. But... Don't worry, it will be back. So, enjoy the show. Uh, be sure to tune in next week for our fantastic story episode created by the whole Scare Your Pants Off team. And then the week after that, welcome to season four.
1: Gather Yogi. It's time to head out for our road trip across America. That will scare your pants off. Along the way, with your hosts, you'll be setting up camp in some of the scariest places they can find. Discover each episode—a cryptid, a haunting, and a strange encounter. Climb a boat, a cryptid camp, if you're brave enough. Take it away, Tom.
2: Live from our cryptid camp, I'm Tom, and I'm here with my good friend, Shay. We'd like to thank you for joining us for season three, episode number 26, and final episode of the season of the Scare Your Pants Off Our American Road Trip. On today's episode, we've set up camp in Arkansas.
1: Time
0: for the cryptid. Today I'm doing for my cryptid the Herbert Springs Water Panther. It's a cross between a Bigfoot and a Puma. It can breathe on both on land and in water. The stature of a man covered in fur. Uh, some accounts say it runs... When it runs, it reverts to all fours, but is normally bipedal. It has a terrifying scream that it lets out just while it's wandering the woods. Sightings have dwindled over the last 20 or so years, but... Some believe its sightings may come in 30-year cycles, so it could be getting close to its season. Uh, legends may have been brought to Arkansas by various tribes like uh, the Cherokee, the Shawnee, the Ojibwe, and more. More can be learned in the book Ozark Tales of Ghost Spirits, Hauntings, and Monsters, released in 2007, by W.C. Jameson. Um, and that's that's what I have on my cryptid. Time for the
2: haunting. Alright, well, I have the haunting this week. And there uh, was... A- a lot of cool stuff in Arkansas, and there was one I really, really wanted to do um, about. In I think it's called. It was in Cave City, Arkansas, and it's about a witch. But I just could not find much to the story. It literally would have been like two minutes if I had chose that, just because I couldn't find. But it was really cool about this witch and you know killing her husband and cursing this town and stuff. But Unfortunately, I, I couldn't go with that. But then they had, you know, they have your, your haunted cemeteries and, and hospitals and prisons and asylums and they have your standards. Um, but I came across this one. I had never heard of it, but in the detail and just of these haunts and just, uh, just just how many are at this place. I had to go with this. Um, and so I went with the, the Crescent Hotel located in Eureka Springs, Arkansas. So cool. I, this, you know, I know we say it about most of the places, but I really, really want to get to this place because it is so active. It's crazy. So located in Eureka Springs, Arkansas, the Crescent Hotel is one of the country's most haunted hotels. Sitting or resting atop Crescent Mountain, which is predominantly limestone, The Crescent City Hotel and Spa was built in 1886. The the reason I mentioned the limestone in the mountain is that many paranormal investigators and uh, paranormal buffs believe that limestone has a special ability to absorb and release electromagnetic and psychic energies. And I actually first learned uh, that from you Shay, you had told me I had never known that, and uh, I, I just thought that was super interesting. And actually, the first haunt I'm going to discuss is a tragedy that happened during the construction of the hotel. It is said that after the skeleton frame of the hotel had been constructed in the 1880s, that one of the Irish stone masons plunged to his death in what is now room 218 and this room proves to be one of the most active in the whole hotel and has actually attracted news crews and paranormal investigators for decades due to the quantity and quality of the sightings throughout the history of this victorian hotel employees have referred to the entity as michael and michael is actually classified as poltergeist due to the nature of the unexplained activity guests have claimed to witness hands coming out of the bathroom mirror it's so creepy to me I, i'm picturing the movie poltergeist under just coming out of a mirror it's so creepy um cries of of a fallen man in the ceiling uh, doors opening and then slamming shut, and then the doors get stuck and you're unable to open them again. Uh, shadow figures, strange banging sounds, I mean, you name it, its they, they've heard it or seen it. For these reasons, this room is the most requested among patrons. Now, next, The Crystal Dining Room is said to be the next most active room with many employees having encountered a variety of playful and not so playful spirits. On one occasion, during the Christmas holiday season, the dining room was closed for an evening. But when the staff arrived the next morning, the the Christmas tree and the gifts moved from one end of the dining room to the other with the chairs circling and facing the new display on another occasion staff returned in the morning to find the dining room in perfect order except for the menus scattered throughout the room and yet another time a waitress looked into the huge mirror between the doors from the dining room to the kitchen and saw a man and a woman in a victorian garb or dress Facing each other as if they were in a wedding. I just love how like these full body apparitions and just the detail that these people are seeing this. It's amazing. Uh, The groom then turned and made eye contact with her or with the waitress. And then the couple just slowly faded away into the ether. (laughs) So uh the waitress promptly quit after this incident and i can't say that i 100 percent blame her for that another commonly reported sighting is a man in victoria clo- uh, victorian clothing sitting at the table near the window saying i saw the most beautiful woman here last night and i'm waiting for her to return and many staff and patrons have claimed to have seen Various apparitions, decked out in Victorian ball attire, dancing around the room during the wee hours of the morning, while the room was closed and dark. Again, just the detail to me is these haunts is just amazing to me. And then these these spirits are actually speaking to the people clearly in sentences, waiting for the the uh, the most beautiful woman to return racing. love it. Another active site or another common site is the apparition of Dr. John Fremont Ellis, the hotel's in-house doctor circa the 19th century. He's most often seen smoking his cherry pipe tobacco near his office which is now room 212. Sometimes you won't see him, but will smell the smoke from his pipe. Yet another ghost seen is known as Brecky, who potentially paid a visit to the above-mentioned Dr. Ellis. Brecky was the four-year-old son of Richard and Mary Breckenridge, and he died from complications from appendicitis in the hotel and his spirit has been seen all throughout the hotel, most times bouncing a ball. Gives me the shining vibes or something, kid playing, a ghostly kid playing with a ball. You know, my feelings on ghostly children, super creepy. Then in the 1930s, this hotel in Eureka Springs became an experimental (laughs) cancer hospital uh, started by, Doctor, and I put that in quotations, Norman Baker. I believe he bought and owned the property, but I'm not 100% on that. Baker, claiming to be a licensed physician, he was not, be- began examining patients in the hotel's basement while charging the unsuspecting families their life savings. He claimed to have an elixir that not only fought, but cured all forms of cancer. Yeah. yeah, we know this is not true. It was just snake oil. I mean, what a bad dude. I can't believe somebody would do this to people. And you know, you can't cure all forms of cancer with one medicine. It just doesn't make sense. Cancer is, they're all different, Sky. This guy makes my, go, my skin crawl. So, and actually Baker, I going refer to him Baker because I refuse to call him a doctor because the doctors, you know, the Hippocratic Oath is first do no harm. This guy was harming people Then um, do not play God. He was trying to play God. So I will not refer to him a doctor. I will refer to him as Baker. Um, And actually, Baker's ghost has been seen in the hotel lobby wearing a purple shirt and a white linen suit, which happened to actually match many of the photographs of this infamous entrepreneur. People have also claimed to see a nurse pushing a gurney near Baker's old morgue area with the gurney squeaking and rattling down the halls. Next to the old morgue is the laundry room, where a maintenance worker witnessed all the washers and dryers mysteriously turn on simultaneously late one night. Eerily, the laundry room still contains his old autopsy table and walk-in freezer where it kept the bodies. uh, yeah it's a little little creepy then in room 419 housekeepers claim to meet a spirit or apparition that they call Theodora and Theodora was supposedly one of Baker's cancer patients and supposedly Theodora introduces herself as a patient of Baker's but vanishes after courtesies and pleasantries are verbally exchanged, And by that, I mean, hey, how you doing? How's your day going? That type of thing. Um, So these are just a few uh, of the ghosts of former patients that guests have claimed to see in the hotel. Ghosts and strange happens have also occurred in the hotel's kitchen near the above mentioned crystal dining room. One morning, a cook at the hotel named Steve Garrison was slicing and dicing vegetables. And then he looked up and he saw a little boy with pop bottle glasses. We would say Coke bottle up here, but pop like soda. Soda bottle glasses, so they're thick. Um, Dressed in old fashioned clothing and knickers, skipping around the kitchen, again creepy ghost child, it freaks me out. Another morning, Garrison flipped on the lights to begin the day's prep work, when all of a sudden all the pots and pans came flying off their hooks. So, sort of poltergeist activity. Um, Garrison has said that while he does not imbibe alcohol, both of these incidents almost drove him to drink. And I get it. So I'm just gonna detail a few more happenings within the hotel that happen in, you know, all different various places. First, a couple tells them an incident that happened while staying in the governor's suite. On their second night, the couple slept with just a sheet cover on them. But the husband woke up in a very deep sweat he quickly realized someone or something had tucked them in with a comforter this would happen three more times that night another incident that has been recounted is when two guests checked into room 221 one early spring afternoon upon leaving the elevator on the second floor they immediately encountered a man wearing all black victorian style Outfit. With a smile, he asked the guests if they needed help finding their room. Believing the man to be a hotel employee, they agreed. The man led them to room. The man then led them to room 221 and unlocked and pushed the door open for them. As the couple entered the room, the man just stood outside the door, smiling and tilting his head from side to side. One of them then realized that they had forgot to tip him, so they grabbed some cash and turned around, but the man had seemingly disappeared. While perplexed, the two didn't give it much thought and just relaxed in their room for the rest of the day. Later that evening, they went out for food and drinks, but when they returned to their room that evening, the door was locked and their key wouldn't work, the door would not budge. The couple then went down to the front desk and asked why their key would not work. That's when a staff member informed them that they somehow had received the key to room 321 by accident. Obviously confused, <laughs> because they had been in the room and the man had showed them, you know, opened the door for them, uh, the, uh, the staff asked, them to describe the man. So the two described the man who had originally let them into room 221, but the staff reported that no such man worked at the hotel. So I saved my two favorite haunts here for last. Um, But I want you to know that this by no means is all the haunts. There's a ton more here. I I, I could be here for two or three days um, just talking about all the haunts. So another ghost that is said to roam the halls of this hotel is the hotel general manager Morris. Morris was with the hotel for 21 years and is buried on the hotel grounds so so who is this beloved general manager Morris well he was the famed and unofficial mascot of the hotel and he was a cat I love that I love a ghost cat you don't run into go too many ghost animals so I thought I had to mention that and plus it's just kind of sweet Um, it said that you can still see him roam the property and you can supposedly hear him purring as well and the final phenomena I'll discuss happens on the third floor where the hotel connects to an annex built onto the hotel when it was a hospital. The area is either thought to be a portal to the other side, or that the veil between life and death is extremely thin here. Many, many guests have grown faint here with many actually fully passing out, albeit briefly. It is, it said that guests usually first turn pale, then begin to sweat before falling against the wall and sliding down the wall in a faint. I love this. You know, my feelings on, you know, interdimensions and stuff like that. So I just, that I had to bring this up. It it just, it just fascinates me. And I think it's, So, so cool.
0: Anyway,
2: that's about it for what I'm going to discuss. Again, but this is by no means all the hunt. There's a ton more and a ton of other things that have been witnessed. People have claimed to see orbs and shadow figures and streaks of light, hear sounds, disembodied voices, all all the classics. you know, this is just an extremely, extremely haunted place. I, I can't, I really, really want to visit just because of, like I said earlier, the quantity and quality of of the apparitions, of the haunts, of everything. It's, uh, yeah, just amazing. You don't hear about many places like this. So,
1: that's it. Time for the strange encounter.
0: So, today I'm going to talk about the April 22nd, 1897 events in Arkansas. Now, Captain Jim Hooten was a conductor of the Iron Mountain Railroad. He was on a hunting break while waiting to bring back a locomotive to Little Rock. He heard what sounded like the air pump of a locomotive, so he went towards the sound. He looked up and saw a craft land in a nearby field. Then, he proceeds to have a conversation with the pilot of said craft about the engine of the craft, and then he tells everybody about it in a, re- in a not-too-long-after interview to go into the newspaper. So, yeah, pretty freaking cool, right?
2: Well, thanks for joining us, guys, and be sure to tune in for Season 4 coming very very soon I can't believe that's it for the season but again thanks for joining us guys and be sure to tune in next week thanks guys
1: as always our host would like to thank you for joining If you enjoyed the program, please be sure to like, follow, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. Find us on Instagram at ScareYourPantsOffPod. No spaces. Or on Twitter, ScareYourPantsOffPodcast. Or send us an email with questions, comments, and fan art to scareyourpantsoff at Gmail. See you next time.